This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. This is Daryl from Pennsylvania. When I'm not busy arguing with a four-year-old, I'm stacking Benjamins. No, Daddy. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today, Joe's mom has made brownies to celebrate the government shutdown ending. Mmm, that smells good. Plus, if you're someone who was involved with the shutdown, we have thoughts and resources from our friend from the Military Money Movement podcast, Lacey Langford. And if you're worried about what tax software is best, we'll talk to our BFF who loves trying out all those new toys, freelance writer Hannah Rounds. Plus, today we'll answer lots of your letters and throw out the Haven Lifeline to Pete, who's wondering if he should invest part of his $90,000 emergency fund. And now, two guys who are raring to start the show, Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. We are raring to start the show. Welcome back to another week. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe Salci. Hi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And back from a place I'm sure that was hard to endure, the Cayman Islands. Mr. OG. It was tough. Turns out there are people who live there full time. <laughs> all of a sudden, the fire movement became. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, now what's all this uh, fire blogger stuff that I've been hearing about? Yeah. How do I how do I retire to a Caribbean island with an oceanfront lot? How do I uh, how do I do that? Seriously, could you do that every day, though? I mean, I found when I was at just in the Virgin Islands that I could do that for two weeks, three weeks, maybe even a month. 
Like if I could work and play. So maybe I think we'll talk about this experience a little bit later. But um, uh, one of the things that I did, uh, we're at this really nice hotel and everybody's so friendly, the hotel staff. And so every time somebody said something to me, good morning or something like that, I asked the same question, which was, if you live and work in paradise, where do you vacation? And everybody said the same thing. Someplace I can wear a coat and someplace I can wear shoes. So Detroit. Mountains. Detroit did not come up. But Strangely. I can imagine it would qualify. Strange. Because I got lots of shoes on and socks yeah. and three shirts. Yeah. And a uh, parka. In the basement. Fantastic trip. Yeah. Do you think Michael Connolly could afford a house in the Cayman Islands? I'm sure he could. Or maybe like 16 houses in the Cayman Islands. Stacky Benjamins, by the way, brought to you by Murder Book. It was a horrible transition. A new, tr- <laughs> a new true crime podcast hosted by best-selling author Michael Connolly. It's available on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. Also, be sure to check out Dark Sacred Night. Dark Sacred Night came to my house. Cheryl grabbed it from me. I want to read it so bad because I'm a big fan of Harry Bosch. I mean, I like the TV series. Yep. It's a bestseller featuring detectives Harry Bosch and Renee Ballard. They're back for more. And Cheryl grabbed it, and she's finishing it. And every time I want to read it, she's got Michael Connelly books are just. She's like, I've got just a few more chapters today. It is. It's crazy. I'm so happy they're supporting Stacking Benjamins. Also, very happy that we're associated with LinkedIn. Thanks to LinkedIn for supporting Stacking Benjamins. With the new year ahead, you know, it's the best time to set goals and make sure that they're going to be strong ones this year for you and your business. Making that perfect hire, that can help set up your team for success. Find the right people for your business this year, linkedin.com slash SB, and get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash SB to get $50 off your first job post, linkedin.com slash SB. You know, what's funny is, is that uh, even without the 50 bucks off, like LinkedIn, like where else are you going to go find people? Mm, I want to go where people hang out and talk about work. Good stuff. Speaking of work, if you're somebody affected by the government shutdown, like Doug said earlier, man, we got a show for you today. Lacey Langford is going to join us and talk all about that. She speaks a lot to military personnel and to government workers. So we went to her to find out all that stuff. And we promised last week that Hannah Rounds was going to join us because she is the mega geek who loves talking tax software. And if anybody is fun to talk to about tax software... It is Hannah Rounds. So I think she prefers super mega geek. Super duper mega geek. Yeah. Where's it like a badge? My kind of people, Lacey and Hannah. We got a great show and we've got your letters. You're in the driver's seat today. So let's move. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show. Our stacking Benjamin's headlines. And coming down the stairs to the basement, the woman who we call immediately when we want to know about all the latest tech software geekery. It's our friend Hannah Rounds. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me down here. Well, whenever we think tax geeks, (laughs) it is cold down here, isn't it? Whenever we think tax geeks, though, do you find it an honor that we immediately think of you? It's a dubious honor. Well, come on. I mean, who else are we going to call, right? You know, who else would be willing to review 15 sets of tax software for you? So (laughs) yeah, I guess guess it's an honor in that 
you know, somebody's got to do it. I'm like, who thinks this is fun? Oh, Hannah thinks this is fun. Let's call her. So let's talk about this. What's changed since last year? I mean, we got a big year this year, Hannah, with the first year people are filing underneath the new rules. Does that mean that the tax uh, software packages have changed? So I was expecting tons of changes this year with the new tax laws. You know, all these software companies are having to update the back end of their software. So I was expecting huge changes on the front end, and there were hardly any. So not a ton has changed in the last year. So my recommendations have hardly changed at all between this year and last year. Well, then this is going to be fun. So people don't have to flip back a year to, to when we did this last time. Exactly. Let's start with the ones people you think should kind of stay away from because you don't get what you pay for. What, what do you think in that arena? The ones that people should definitely be staying away from are OLT.com, Liberty Tax Online, Jackson Hewitt Online. You know, if I don't say it in the positives, you should probably be staying away from it. Uh, There's a lot of crap out there this year. But it's funny you say Jackson Hewitt and Liberty Online, Hannah. You know, they have big presences around the nation. I know back when we were in Texarkana at Liberty, there was always somebody dressed as the Statue of Liberty standing right outside the place on State Line Road. Those places have a good reputation when you walk into the establishment. Why so different online? What's really different between the online and the in-person world is that you aren't actually getting that in-person guarantee. Now, Liberty Online actually does have an in-person guarantee. So theirs is about $80, but their software is so hard to use that it's, it's just not worth it, in my opinion. But yeah, they're just tough to use. And so if you want that guarantee of the person, go and get your taxes done in person. Let's talk about Which uh, tax softwares make it easiest, though? What are your favorites? So my favorites this year in terms of easiest to use are, once again, TurboTax and then H&R Block Online. Both of those have this question and answer interface. You go in, you answer the questions that apply to you. It makes it really easy. Plus, uh, they've got lots of importing options. So if you're a rental property owner or you actively trade stocks or, or something like that, you're going to be able to import a bunch of your information, uh, making it really smooth to fill out your taxes. So those are the ones that you like the best. We went over the ones that we should stay away from. Any surprises in that middle ground, though? You know, the big surprise this year is Credit Karma Tax. Last year, I said stay away from them. This year, they are a totally free software They've got an audit assistance guarantee, one of the best in the business. And if you don't need to import a a ton of stuff, that's actually who I would be going with. Uh, Totally free state and federal. So a big fan of Credit Karma Tax this year. Sounds like they kind of listened to their audience in the first year getting their feet wet and figured it out. Uh, Yeah, it seems like they finally figured things out. Uh, The big thing is they've got extra support this year. So if you have a question, you will actually get it answered this year. That's awesome. TurboTax has the advertisements this year about CPAs being online. Did you find that that affected your decision or did you find yourself having to use that option? Both H&R Block and TurboTax have a, a CPA option. That's an add-on. So with oh, TurboTax, it's a, it's an additional $80. And then H&R Block has this H&R Block GoPro Live, which is essentially having somebody prepare your taxes for you. I would say if if you think you need that, I would start looking for a tax preparer 
in person rather than adding that cost to the software. At that point, you're not saving a ton of money. But it seems like this year with all the changes, all the simplification moves that the government made, it seems like there'd be fewer people needing a real person than the opposite way. Do you find that to be true? You know, I would think that, but the real issue is the side hustlers. So, you know, almost everyone that I know is working a couple jobs there, you know, maybe driving for Uber or Lyft, uh, maybe juicing some Lime scooters. Everyone's got something on the side. And if that thing on the side is where you're self-employed, that adds to the complexity of your tax filing situation. Awesome. And you haven't uh, written about this yet this year, though. Well, I've written reviews, but I haven't written a roundup. So the roundup is coming to you live. (laughs) Awesome. And where are we going to find it, Hannah? It'll be on the College Investor. Awesome. So we'll see that over there. And uh, as soon as that's live, I'll also link to it. Hannah, thanks for spending another quality 10 minutes with us uh, talking tax software. Yeah, no problem. And in our second headline today, you may not know this, but the government is slightly shut down. Somebody that knows it because a lot of her listeners are affected by this. She is the host of the Military Money Movement podcast. You've heard her a few times on the show. Lacey Langford's here with us in the basement. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Well, I'm I'm doing great, but that, that's because I'm not a government employee. I feel so bad for these people. I was going to say we're doing better than others. Yeah. So there's a lot of people listening to this, obviously, that aren't affected. And I think for a lot of people, this is the big aha about having that emergency fund, right? Because government jobs, credibly safe job, except when it's not. Right. Yes. I think people get a little in their comfort zone and think, all right, I don't have to have either as much of an emergency fund or one at all because I've just got a steady paycheck from the government. Well, not what's happening. So you just did a Facebook live about this. So it's funny. We're going to give everybody the URL so they can go and uh, check that out on your Facebook page if they're directly affected. But I thought that we could spend maybe five or six minutes, Lacey, talking about what resources are out there. What do people, what do people do? Yes. There's a lot of aid resources and advice out there for people. So it's, it's just getting the information and finding it because right now you can't like fix all your money problems. So I think the first place to start is you can get advice. So the AFCPE is a great resource. A lot of financial counselors are giving free advice to federal employees or Coast Guard members that are impacted. What does AFCPE stand for? It's the Association of Financial Counselors and Planning. That's a great place to start then because people that are used to coaching people through this type of thing. Yes, yes. And I think because a lot of times there's these resources and it's not that maybe you do have a little bit of money left, but you need to divert it. And maybe you can get free food, but you can't get somebody to pay your mortgage. So that's why I think getting advice is really good to kind of guide you through this government shutdown time. And the AFCPE is doing that, but so is the XYPN network. Awesome. Which is a bunch of certified financial planners, uh, generally fee only financial planners. So they're doing it for free. Yes. With the XYPN, you have to search their advisors and then type in furlough in the search engine part of it. And then it will bring up advisors that are giving free help to federal employees that are impacted by the shutdown. Wow. That's fantastic. Now, I know that credit unions are doing some things, organizations like USAA also doing things. Do you know anything about that? Yes. USAA is giving low interest loans. I think it's like 0.26%. 
APR for those that are affected, that's federal employees, that's the Coast Guard, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, that's a mouthful, um, Public Health Services Corps, all of those people are eligible to not only get a loan, but they're also working with them with payments like mortgages, insurance, those type of things. So all they have to do is call. Also, Ally is doing that. Yeah. And before we get off of USAA, USAA also has certified financial planners people can talk to anyway, if you're a member. So you've got that resource as well. Yes. Again, I think guidance is key through all of this to make sure that you're not doing something with your money that's going to come and bite you in the butt later. Yeah, right. Nobody um, wants that. But you, I, I don't like being bit in the butt. Uh, as mom says, don't bite me <laughs> in the butt. Uh, next next is Ally, though. You are getting on that. I know Ally's got a big presence here in Detroit. Tell me what they're doing. They have an assistance program that they set up that they're providing resources and low interest loans to people that are also affected by the shutdown. Awesome. I think a lot of people are just doing what they can now. Do you like keeping a line of credit open, either a personal line of credit or a uh, home equity line of credit for a situation like this? I don't, but I could see how some people might want to do that. But um, especially the population that I help more with the military community, that might be a bigger temptation Mm. than it would be helping them in the long run. But I think if you're established and that you are responsible with your credit already, then that might be an option for you. But also right now, I think you need to be looking at all available options. Yeah, that's the home equity line of credit, I guess, is more about know yourself. Because I know the old me, and I would have been that person that bought the big screen TV using my home equity line of credit. Right. But also, too, I think you have to remember a lot of these things, it's a loan. You're still going to have to pay it back. And so you need to know that, yes, most likely, like Coast Guard members, people will get their back pay But if you have spent the loan money and then start blowing through the back pay, then you're just going to get yourself into deeper financial trouble. So I think one, that advice again is key and having a plan and understanding the options that you're using right now and how they're going to help you now, but also how they're going to impact you in the future after the shutdown. A lot of this is about budgeting and rationing and you're working with people not on rationing, but on budgeting a lot. Where do you find people usually get it wrong when it comes to budgets, Lacey? Not accounting for things that don't happen every month. The tires, the vehicle registration, If you pair yearly for Amazon Prime or um, Xbox, those things, when they come due, if you're living paycheck to paycheck and then all of a sudden you owe $300 for your vehicle or tires, it's really going to hurt you financially. Birthday parties when my kids were little just killed me. Because even so tires, I, I would catch tires and have that in my fun. But this kid, this kid I don't even know's birthday comes out of the blue. I find out about it on Monday. The party's on Friday. That's the stuff that killed me. Yes. You know what also, too, is office parties, especially in the military. Somebody's retirement. They're making a shadow box with all of their ribbons and medals, and they want you to pitch in a little bit for that. And then birthdays, and somebody's having a baby. Those things really add up. And, you know, you don't a lot of times put those in your budget. But then you don't want to be the person in the office that's, like, shamed. Like, oh, you didn't give to Sally's baby. Yeah. No, the peer pressure is uh, very high in those situations. You know what I would do then? I'd just have my kids, Nick and Autumn, just steal me some extra cake. I mean, <laughs> hey, if, if I got a pony up for that, I want some damn birthday cake. 
That's what I want. And a piece of pizza, a slice <laughs> of pie. <laughs> give me give me a piece of that Chuck E. Cheese pizza. If you don't bring <laughs> home three pieces of this pizza that tastes like cardboard, uh, I'm sorry, Chuck E. Cheese. That was a joke. If you want to sponsor the show, I was just kidding <laughs> about the kidding about the pizza. Uh, Lacey, so you, you had an interview though, with a woman who's really on top of this on your Facebook page and people can still go watch it. Yes. Rebecca Wiggins, the executive director of the AFCPE. She came on and we did a live to discuss all the resources that are available to people through aid or the advice or just going and getting some food. Awesome. And how do people find your Facebook page? It is the military money expert. Awesome. Facebook.com, the military money expert. Very easy. And if you just put that in the search engine, I'm sure it'll come up. So fantastic. And then uh, look at videos at the top and there it'll be. Great. And you know what? We'll have a link to that in our show notes page if you're walking the dog or on your commute to or from work, whatever it might be. Lacey, thanks for hanging out with us again. Oh, thanks for having me down. I appreciate it. Tough time for a lot of people right now affected by the government shutdown, OG. And it's the time when, and I don't know if it's learning or if it's just circumstances or whatever, but that emergency fund so important. I think it's also a good time to reflect on the importance of, you know, something else that you do that makes money too. You know, we've been calling them side hustles for the last several years, but having something else, whether it's Uber driving or DoorDash or, you know, doing something you do online, something that can generate just a few bucks that can take the edge off of something like this. Cause I guarantee nobody who worked for the government said, Oh yeah, I'm totally going to get, laid off for a month. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, like that is that you go to that job going, this is like the most stable job in the entire world. Until it's not. Yep. Yeah. Feel Speak. bad for all those folks. Yeah. And Especially if, the ones that have to work and not get paid. Sure. Like I told all the TSA people in the last week that I was traveling because I traveled a couple of times. Every person I said, thanks for coming to work today. And one guy said, well, yeah, I've got a Navy pension, so I'm okay. But, you know, not everybody else is. It's like, holy cow. I, 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 can't, I can't imagine. I think this is as good a time as any to, to say a thank you to LinkedIn for supporting our podcast. Because if you're somebody out there looking for new work, I think LinkedIn is the place to go. And if you're somebody hiring people, looking on LinkedIn is the natural place. If you've ever tried to hire somebody, it's hard. I've always struggled with this process. And I just hate interviewing uh, hate interviewing people and I hate interviewing the wrong people. Like somebody I know is going to be wrong for the job. And I'm like, great. I'm in here for the next half hour. And I get to talk to somebody who within and I can already tell six minutes, the answer is no, I know is probably not going to be the fit. Good thing. They didn't have LinkedIn when you hired me, huh? <laughs> when you threw yourself at the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. With the with the new year ahead, it's a great time to set goals and make sure it's a strong one for you and your business. Making the perfect hire sets you and your team up for success. But where do you find them? You can post it on a job board and hope that the right person's going to apply. But why leave it up to chance when you can post your job where people go every day to make connections, grow their career, and discover job opportunities? That, of course, is LinkedIn. Most LinkedIn members, they're not checking job boards regularly. But 9 out of 10 LinkedIn members, they're open to and interested in new opportunities like yours. I think that's who you want to hire, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. People actively looking for a job are fine. But when you can score somebody who thinks that, hey, everything's going fine and, oh, this opportunity suits me better. Like you just widen the field. It's really hard to find A players who are 
looking for jobs. They're already taken. Yeah. So with most of the U.S. workforce already on LinkedIn, posting on LinkedIn is the best way to get your job opportunity in front of more of the right people, people with the right skills and background for your role who are also ready for something new. And that's why a new hire, get this, is made every eight seconds using LinkedIn. Find the right people for your business this year at linkedin.com slash SB and you'll get $50 off your first job post. Got to use our link there though. It's linkedin.com slash SB to get $50 off your first job post. LinkedIn.com slash SB. Of course, terms and conditions apply. I think our big takeaways there, OG, is uh, using software. Going to work for a lot of people, but they're not all created equal. So uh, do your homework. Thanks to Hannah for helping us start your homework search. I think she nailed it down to uh, what looks like the top three. And in terms of uh, all this government shutdown that Lacey shared, don't be too proud to check resources. I mean, lots of resources in your community, lots of resources nationwide, maybe your credit union, maybe your organization like a USAA, some great places helping people out. Well, today we're busting the format because instead of a main guest, we had two guests in our headline segment. A little different show today, which means it frees up time, OG, for us to continue to get to your letters because the mailbag's still a little stuffed. So this is always fun. Let's dive in, shall we? Our first letter from the mailbag comes from Osvaldo. Hello, Joe and OG. Lately, I've considered investing in a robo-advisor. Robo-advisors come with the diversified portfolios and automatic rebalancing for a small fee. This seems like a great investment platform. Or is it? Want to know if there's anything I should be wary about before I pull the trigger on one of these things? Thanks. Let's talk a little bit about robos, OG. What do you think? First of all, I love the terminology. Of course, it's not a robot. It's a person who programs a computer but okay let's be let's get beyond that uh, a platform that you can kind of set it and forget it it'll automatically rebalance cost a few bucks i love it for the beginning of your investing career the biggest challenge that you're going to find is your own interest level in changing the models because you can go on schwab or you can go on wealthfront or you can go on betterment and say actually i'm not a 12 anymore i'm an 8 Actually, I'm not an eight. I'm a 15 or whatever their numbering system is or aggressive system or whatever you want to call it. And every time you do that, it forces a transaction and a rebalance, which is fine. But when do we, when are we likely to do that as investors? Like, oh, hell, the market's up 15% since Christmas. Actually, I'm aggressive again. I forgot. Oh, man, it's down 10%. I'm a little bit more conservative than I thought. And interfering with it kind of defeats the whole purpose of it being there. So it's a great platform as long as you know you're putting your 500 bucks a month in, you set it and forget it and come back and check on the money in 25 years from now. Which means that the term robo advisor is a misnomer. I mean what they do, they do very well. And more more like robot trading platform. Yeah. Robot yeah. investing platform. Diversified approach, usually based on modern portfolio theory going to make sure you don't uh, do something silly, right? Not going to set the world on fire, but by the same token, not going to get smoked. I think you still need to compare like what these things invest in because there are different philosophies at work. I know Schwab carries a lot of cash, carries a ton yeah, of cash. Yeah. Uh, Emperor Investments uses individual stocks in their platform. 
to do that. Uh, Betterment and Wealthfront. Betterment, you know, uh, one time decided that you just weren't going to trade. They were going to babysit you a little more than I thought. Yeah, today, personally. Today's the day that you don't get to take your money out. Yeah, I thought it might be a little sketchy. But w- when you look at these different platforms, they all have pluses and minuses. So I wouldn't treat them all as the same. Yeah. But they do a nice job for what they do, which has nothing to do to OG's point. Bam. Has nothing to do with being an advisor. So yeah. Yeah, there's some idiosyncrasies in each one. Like you mentioned the Schwab one requires a little bit more cash and they're gonna have more Schwab ETFs in there than other things because that's how they make their money. Some of them are gonna have like kind of unfavorable trading timeframes. You're not gonna get the best execution on it and that sort of thing. But that's not looking under the hood. That's taking the engine apart and saying, what does this bolt do? And for some people, and that's why I said it, it, it really makes sense for beginner investors because you're not going to get a great price anyway on stock trades because you're buying half a share of Disney or something, you know, because you just don't have the the buying power at that time. So I, I'm less concerned with that. But I do want to take a look at, you know, how do they feel about market fluctuations? What do they do from a rebalancing standpoint and that sort of stuff? But the end result here is whichever you pick, put your money in, put money in every week. Don't even open the statements for 20 years. Our next question comes to us from Sue. I inherited some money in an IRA from my spouse and fidelity funds, i.e. biotech, pharmaceuticals, and NASDAQ. With the market downturn I lost on paper about $10,000, and I don't like the way the funds are currently invested. They're heavy on healthcare. Want to move to index funds, but I'm not sure if I should just sell them now and buy the index funds or wait until they recover to the original amount, then sell and buy the index funds. I don't need the funds now. These are for retirement. I still have some time. I'm 33. Love the show. I know I'm the only one listening. <laughs> Thanks. Sue, Sue, there is one other listener, Osvaldo, who asked the question just before you. But uh Asvaldo probably listens to every other show. Sue, you're probably <laughs> the one who listens to every show. To all of them. Uh, man, great question here, too. Heavy duty into healthcare. Does she switch now or let it recover? Yeah, you switch it now. If the asset allocation isn't right, then you make it right, regardless of circumstances. Now, that being said, if there are, you know, if you have an individual stock and the dividend's going to post in a week, Okay, fine. Maybe you should wait a few days. If you have, you know, some sort of uh, quote unquote insider knowledge on a specific position that, hey, the earnings are coming out. I think Apple's going to sell more iPhones. So I want to wait until I sell my Apple stock. Okay, fine. You know, your market timing, but whatever. If it's just a collection of positions, which is what a mutual fund is, and it's not the right allocation, then you should just change it because the market's down a little bit, sure. But it's down in other areas as well. So when you're rebalancing from this uh, healthcare position and maybe you're going to go buy some emerging market now or you're going to go buy some small cap or something like that, you're also buying that at a, dis- at a discount. So it kind of evens itself out. But more specifically, it puts you in the right position for whenever the recovery happens, which you know we don't really get to predict. But, but if your asset allocation is incorrect, you should just make it correct and be done with it. We can get a little technical and say that, you know, if it's one diversified portfolio versus another, if you look at the standard deviation or the beta on the portfolio to risk measures, measures of volatility, 
you you can look and see between those two, uh, the one you have now and the one that you're going to, how volatile those two are going to be. And if it's going to be more volatile, then I'll tell you that as the market improves, it'll come back quicker. The problem with Sue's portfolio is because it's so heavy in one asset class, we don't know how well that asset class is going to perform in the next year, which is a reason I'd say to do it right now. I mean, do it right now so you get away from just the, the additional risk of where the hell's healthcare going. I mean, healthcare right now is a dumpster fire. It's in the government crosshairs. We know there's going to be more discussion about it on Capitol Hill, which always to me just means uncertainty, right? And the more uncertainty there is, the more future events are going to be based on news, the less likely I'm going to want to have to have anything to do with that. Well, and the thing is, too, um, not only do we not know what the future holds over the short term or the intermediary term and that sort of stuff, I can almost guarantee that whatever you pick is going to be wrong right. <laughs> because that's just how <laughs> Murphy's law works. So you're going to, you're going to sell all this healthcare stuff. And in six months from now, it's going to be the number one performer in the S and P it's going to be up 32% and you're going to go, dang it. I wish I would have stayed. But if you keep it, it's going to go down more than the, uh, than the market as a whole. And you're going to say, son of a gun, I wish I would have sold it. So, um, the best course of action is just to make it right. Make yeah. the allocation commensurate with your goals and go fight another battle. We've got another question here from Kiko. But before we get to that, I think it's time to refill our uh, coffees. See my new, my new coffee mug here? Oh, Cayman Islands coffee mug. I'm sporting the... Uh, it's fun. We're both sporting... Oh, nice. High-end. A Ferrari. <laughs> Good night. Did you get that free with purchase? I got a free with purchase of the coffee mug. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Free Ferrari. We buy this coffee mug. I got the free logo on the front (laughs) if I purchase the mug. Ah, I got you. For 30 euros. Yeah. A red mug and they put this on it. Doesn't this scene here, going to video games, make you want to play Assassin's Creed? It makes me me want to play that old game Pirates, that Sid Meier game Pirates. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. uh, Everybody's like, all right, geeks. (laughs) Cool story, guys. Yeah. Get your coffee so we can move on. Let's get on with it. Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and what a great day. We're going ice skating today, and not only am I a fantastic trivia expert, but many people don't know, I've also perfected the ice skating on your butt technique now used by many first-time ice skaters everywhere. Yeah, that was me. I invented that. You know how you see those people fall down on the ice? Don't be fooled into thinking they're horrible on skates. They're just trying to show off my great technique. More on that later, but speaking of ice, today is apparently, according to this calendar, the birthday of the Coast Guard back in 1915. Think I can't turn that into a money topic? Oh, you just watch me, baby! Catch this, grasshopper! What famous Secretary of the Treasury created the parent agency of the Coast Guard? Ha! Not laughing now, are ya? I'll be back with your answer and maybe a demonstration of my ice skating on my butt move in just a moment. Well, gee, detectives Harry Bosch and Renee Ballard are back at it. Thanks to Murder Book, the new true crime podcast hosted by best-selling author Michael Connolly for supporting Stacking Benjamins. Or returning to his roots as a journalist, best-selling author Michael Connolly now presents the true crime podcast Murder Book working with the very detectives who inform his novels and his hit television show, Bosch. 
The podcast explores real homicide cases not covered by mainstream media. Season one is the telltale bullet, and it dives into a 30-year-old Hollywood carjacking gong wrong that tests the limits of the American criminal justice system. Also, by the way, what I was referring to earlier, Michael Connolly's got his new book, Dark Sacred Night, the latest number one bestseller featuring Harry Bosch and Renee Ballard, those two awesome detectives. I'm just finally able to start digging into Dark Sacred Night. And it's, it is, you know, sometimes when you say more of the same, like that sounds horrible. This is like a warm blanket. When I get back into that universe that Michael Connolly is so good at creating with Harry Bosch and Renee Ballard, it's so fun. Definitely a bestseller for a reason. So check out Michael Connolly's new book, Dark Sacred Night. And also, after you finish with us, listen to his new Murder Book podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast, or at murderbookpodcast.com. That's murderbookpodcast.com. Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and someone just texted me wondering how they could tell if someone had truly fallen on the ice while skating or whether they were doing the huge Doug-created skating move sweeping the nation, the skate on your butt move. Well, here's how you know. First, right after they do the fake fall move, mosey on over to them and ask, is that Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, falling your butt skating technique? And if they look at you with a bewildered look and say, what? That's move number two, and you know they are totally nailing it. It's just sweeping the nation, I'm telling you, as is my trivia. So let's get on with it. Today's question was this. What famous secretary of the treasury, wait, there's a famous secretary of the treasury? Well, anyway, which one of them created the parent agency of the Coast Guard? The young United States had become adept at smuggling back in the 1700s to avoid paying duties to Britain. So once the young nation was founded and struggling with money, they had to find a way to ensure that they could collect tax revenue from vessels coming up and down the coast. That's why Alexander Hamilton, oh yeah, that dude is famous actually. Back in 1790, Alexander Hamilton proposed, according to Time, a small fleet of 10 ships known as revenue cutters to check out the cargo on ships heading to the U.S. ports and make sure the goods they declared matched up with the items actually on board. The government hired ex-smugglers, because like who would know better than them, who would spot the small boats used for the practice and established a military-inspired system of ranks. In 1915, this group was formally called the Coast Guard. I just dropped so much knowledge on you. Hope you're okay, because that was pretty heavy. You could have gotten injured there. See ya! Kiko sitting on pins and needles waiting for, for us to... Uh, read that letter. But before we do that, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline. Tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you value first. Uh, would be returning to vacation because I love work, but I like vacation way more. So <laughs> that would be what I would like to do right now. Well, it's fam- family and time, right? Loved ones and time. So that makes sense. On vacation, you can have a lot more time for loved ones. It's why they've created a modern way to buy quality term life insurance. You don't want to be spending all day on the beach dealing with your insurance company. Take just no. a few minutes, head to Stack of Benjamins. Especially after last weekend, it would definitely <laughs> decline me. Is that pure champagne coursing through your veins? 
stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now for a free quote. Affordable prices, policies offered by their parent company, Mass Mutual, and their application is super easy to complete online and they offer instant coverage decisions. I love all the press that Haven Life gets about being such an innovative company. I'm glad they partner with us. And somebody who's going to partner with us while we throw out the Haven Lifeline to them is Pete. Say hi, Pete. Happy New Year, Joe and OG. I didn't learn anything last year, so maybe this year will be different. So I'm sitting on about $90,000 of cash in a high-yield savings account. 30 of it I keep for the emergency reserve. That leaves me with $60,000 that I'm trying to figure out what's the best use for. I do have some big-ticket items coming up, possibly wedding and home purchase, which I do believe that that money will pretty much cover it. And I do also have additional investments that I can also tap into. Would it be advisable to put a portion, not a lot, into short-term bond funds, especially if we're looking at a purchase that's going to be at least a year out, because you'll yield a a higher interest rate on the short-term bond fund like a treasury, plus the potential of capital appreciation if the markets get a little screwy. So I'd love your feedback. I know as interest rates go up, the bond prices go down. So I'm just trying to balance the two. Thanks for the question, Pete. And uh, 2019 is going to be the year, Pete, where people are actually going to learn something listening to the show. And for people who've been to our show notes page, you might have seen some hilarity that our producer Richie and I have started doing there that might hint at learning something someday, someday, OG. Uh, so let's talk about short-term bond funds. $90,000, really, if you take 30 out is his emergency fund, looking at 60,000 big ticket items coming up. What do you think? You know, this is a really interesting thing because I think we get, I think we get wrapped up in much ado about nothing here. And this is one of those kind of paralysis analysis type of questions that well, but I think I should be getting a few more bucks in the purchases a year out and that sort of thing. Let's just kind of work through some of the math here. So if we're at $60,000, right? A regular savings account today is playing what? Two and a quarter? Yeah. If he's using one of those high interest accounts like at Magnify Money that we talk about, they're up well over 2% now. Right. So you got in your back pocket two and a quarter percent of 60K over the next year anyways. So what he says is, can I take a portion a small portion. So we have to define what a small portion is. Let's say he means a third of it. So 20 grand. And I can put it in a short-term bond fund. Well, I just pulled up Vanguard's short-term bond index fund. Dividend on it is 2%. So you're actually going to lose money compared to the interest that you get. Now, you could argue and say, well, but interest is fully taxable and dividends are... Okay. Yep. You're right. There's some tax differences there. And you talked about appreciation, maybe if the shares changed. Well, the eight, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the 52 week change is between $10.18 on the low end and $10.34 on the high end. And today it's trading at $10.29. So, a pretty small range. And so, you'd have to actually get it right at 1018 and sell it right at 1034 to, you know, to make any money. And you're talking about making, you know, 18 cents or whatever it is, 16 cents a share. I just don't think it's worth all the hassle to make another, you know, 160 bucks or something. 
I'm thinking too, we're in a rising interest rate environment. Normally I'd say yes, by the way, Pete, normally I would say, yeah, but in a, in a spot where we're in a rising interest rate environment, we've got the federal reserve predicted to move a couple more times, not even predicted. They've given guidance that said that they're going to. So it's not like these outside people, the, the fed is already saying that in that type of environment bonds face a little bit of an uphill battle and we'll save exactly how that works for another day, but bonds yeah, a little headwind. Yeah. Bonds. I'm not saying bonds are going to go down, but it's, it might be tough, but let's say, let's say that amidst all this uncertainty for bonds, he's able to spike his interest rate by another 2% and miraculously somehow pull four or 5% out. <laughs> <laughs> like, is this a leveraged ETF now? A leveraged short-term bond? Well, that's my point. We know it's probably not going to happen, right? We we know there's there's probably a 90% chance that that ain't going to happen. So, but if he takes $20,000 and pulls another 2% yeah, out of 2% a hat out. somewhere over and above what he's getting on Magnify Money someplace, he's looking at 400 bucks. So my question is, the level of risk you have in this environment for a potential $400 win and the time to create that account, move the money over there, have this yep. extra thing. Is it worth 400 bucks? My answer is, Hey, I like 400 bucks as much as the next guy. And by the way, if the question were, should I move from one account to another account to get that new account bonus that pays, you know, cause it's no yeah. longer, it's, it's no longer a free toaster. It's, well, I mean, that that's an interesting point, too, because you get those in the mail. You could probably make more money by doing that. Yes. Yeah. By going to Chase and saying, hey, I saw that if I put in 25 grand, you're going to give me an extra 300 bucks for 90 days and do that and then take that 25 grand out and go Capital One or go to Bank of America or whatever. And then it's the no risk, right? I mean, yeah. you're in an FDIC insured account, I think, here. So the risk yeah. there is zero and you get this uh, you get this nice bump that's a free bump. So I'd be more likely, Pete, to recommend something like that if you're going to try to eke out a little more. But once again, what's your time worth? And the thing I keep coming back to is we've got a known outcome here. We, we already know we're going we're gonna to spend some of this money in the next 12 months is what it sounds like. So what happens if it goes the other way? Yeah. You know, we looked at it from the upside and you say, hey, what if I make 400 bucks? Well, that'd be great. But what happens if you lose 400 bucks? It's just, just kind of a slap in the face. Again, it's not going to stop you from buying a house or putting a kid through a wedding. $400 is, you know, what Joe spends on a Tuesday afternoon dinner. I'm sitting right but, here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's what I tip the waiter at Wendy's. It's, I know. I know. Dude's like, 20, you kidding that's me? That's the 20% tip on Joe's, uh, <laughs> you know, Tuesday evening soiree party. But, um, you know, it just it just seems like a whole bunch of work for a whole bunch of nothing. So I wouldn't do it. Great question, Pete. Thanks for the question. If you've got a question and want to call the Haven Lifeline, head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash voicemail, and uh, you too can make yourself eligible. We're going to send out to Pete a code so that he can get the greatest money show on earth circus t-shirt. Let's get back to the circus that's in our mailbag, though. Pico was like, come on. Half an hour ago, you were talking about me and you did all this other stuff first. And we like doing that, Kiko. Kiko says, my husband's employer uses 
Vanguard as their 401k administrator. We can change our contribution amount on the Vanguard website anytime, but it calculates only in percentages instead of in a dollar amount. We want to max it out at $18,500 for 2018, but we can't add the exact number in the remaining two paychecks. Well, you can see how far we are behind on our, <laughs> on our emails right here. It'll either end up a little short or go over the limit amount. Is there a better way to end up with the exact amount or if it ends up being over, what happens to the excess? Good question. What happens at the end of the year, OG, if you're not exactly on your 18.5? Well, the payroll company, and it's 19,000 this year, so it gives you a little more wiggle room. The payroll company is going to figure this all out for you. So it's best to overshoot the landing a little bit because on your last paycheck or two, if you've already contributed the maximum, then you just won't contribute it. It just, it won't come out of your paycheck. If by some magic, it skates past the payroll company, which I really highly doubt that would happen, then you would just get a check from the investment company when they figured it out. So I wouldn't sweat the discipline of trying to get exactly, you know, right on the last paycheck, the last penny goes in and I max it out. Just try to be close. And if you're a little bit over, it'll adjust it on the last check or two. Because I did so much public speaking in my career, I went out to a lot of companies and uh, worked with HR people. And I'll tell you, Kiko, this is a question that's deeply in the wheelhouse of your HR people. And um, I worked with some fantastic human resources people who I, I got to learn firsthand how underutilized those people are. They know a lot of the answers to these questions. And not only that, OG, a lot of companies have benefits that employees don't take advantage of because they don't ask the question. Like I know several companies where when I coached my client on going in and asking HR people what benefits are, they were surprised to find like they had free or discounted like water park tickets or theme park. They also had Costco memberships that were either heavily discounted or subsidized by the company or were were free because of the company, you may have some great benefits that you're unaware of just if you go in and ask your HR people a question. But I think at the end of the year, don't you think, oh, gee, this is the type of question you go in and say, I'm trying to hit this 19,000 number in 2019. How do I make that happen? Because it looks like I'm going to be a little shorter, a little long. Yeah. Payroll HR. They are your expertise. Yeah, good stuff. That's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for your letters. We always uh, love hearing from you and answering your questions. If you've got a letter for us, obviously the best way is the Haven Lifeline, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. But for all the ways to interface with us, if you just head to stackingbenjamins.com, you'll see all the links there at the top of the site. There's a tab that says questions for the show. Click that link and you'll see everything. Lastly, if you're someone who is looking for better financial help in your corner, not just asking one question, but man, do you want to put together a better plan? OG's firm is taking clients. Head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash OG for more on, uh, on that front. All right. That's going to do it for today. Doug, take it from here, man. What should we have learned today? Ah, sure thing, Joe. Why don't you and OG get back to stuffing your pie holes with all those brownies? I'll tell everybody what they should have learned today. First, even though the government shutdown is over, for now, it's a great idea to know what resources are available. Take some advice from Lacey Langford and make a plan for the next time disaster hits your main source of income. Second, worried about your tax software? 
avoid some of the packages Hannah Rounds dislikes, and you'll be well on your way to smooth sailing this tax year. But the big lesson? If you're looking for me to teach you the ice skating on your butt technique, just send $29.95 to Joe's mom, all in cash, large bills only please, with a post-it note for her to give it to me and also your phone number. And then I'm going to text you from an unlisted number, got to keep this on the DL, telling you how it all works. Telling you, sweeping the nation. Special thanks to Lacey Langford. She's totally one of my favorites. You can find more from Lacey at LaceyLangford.com. Special thanks also to Hannah Rounds. You can find the written version of Hannah's analysis at TheCollegeInvestor.com or through our show notes page at StackingBenjamins.com. This show was created by Joe Saul Cihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I do not like computer jokes. Not one bit. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. The part of Joe's mom's neighbor Doug has been nominated for an Oscar. Welcome to the after show. For those of you new to Stacky Benjamins, this is the part of the show that doesn't exist. You don't talk about the after show. And generally here, we talk about stuff that doesn't have a lot to do with money. I want to talk just very, very briefly about the Oscars nominations that came out last week. <sighs> Sorry. Because <clears throat> you were saying. Because people know that I'm really into movies and I don't want to spend a long time with this, but I'm going to put the eight movies in order. Uh, so if you're somebody that likes movies like I do, uh, go see them in this order. I didn't, I haven't seen Roma and I haven't seen Vice yet. I'd like to go see Vice. I, I may go see that today. But number six of the ones that are left that were nominated, A Star is Born. I thought that that movie dragged forever. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga were fantastic, but that movie just dragged. Then I'd say Black Panther is next. I think it's cool that a Marvel movie actually got nominated. Like that doesn't happen. That shows how good that movie is. I really liked it, but I think that that to be nominated was pretty cool. <laughs> Let's put it that I don't I don't think it's an Academy Award winner. Next is The Favorite, a movie that was much darker than I originally thought. When you look at the previews, it looks like it's going to be pretty funny. It was funny. 
it was based on a true story, which they didn't tell me at the start. I like that because, you know, gee, I can't stand movies based on true stories. I just thought this is based on a true story. Well, that's some originality. Make crap up. You know, I don't know. I just the, the whole true story thing drives me crazy. But I found out later it was based on a true story, which actually made me like it that they didn't tell me that. And I go through this fun adventure and then find out later that uh, that it was then the top three, then Bohemian Rhapsody. Not a phenomenal movie, but fantastic music. Like I, any, any movie that gets me humming Radio Gaga, which is not a great song for the next like mm-hmm. week, it was, is a movie for me. And then of the last two, these two could be interchangeable, but I'll put Black Klansman at number two and uh, Green Book at number one. Those two movies are so amazing. Like you can go see Black Klansman or Green Book, just uh, go see those films. All right. That's it. I, for I me. saw. I saw that. Uh, I saw Black Klansman on the plane home yesterday. Wasn't it fantastic? It's great. Yeah, yeah. I, it was. It was like very disturbingly disgusting. Absolutely. But great. I'm on the edge of my seat, scared crapless for these guys, the whole yeah. time. I'm like, they are. Somebody's about to die here. They're toast. They yeah. are in over their head, and oh man. But, but but when he grabs when he grabs the dude and has a picture taken with him. i I don't want to say more than that because i don't want to spoil the movie but go see black clansman that is so good you'd you'd love the green book too Uh, yeah i didn't i haven't got to that but you were on your way back from the caymans that's what we need to talk about today let's let's dive in did you get to meet dominique crenn i have a picture yeah in between her and eric ripper rippert ripper Whatever. He's a French name. So for people who don't know who Dominique Crenn is, Dominique Crenn is the first uh, female chef in America to get three Michelin stars. Happened Just got it. Yep. And if you want to see Dominique Crenn in action, go watch uh, Chef's Table. And there's mm-hmm. an episode about her, which is phenomenal, which is if you like anything to do with cooking or chefs or uh, her story is amazing. So we got invited to this thing in the Cayman's called the Cayman Cookout which sounds like a pretty decent food and wine festival. It's held every year. This was the 11th year. It's held at the uh, Ritz-Carlton in Grand Cayman. So a really crappy hotel. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't, I had no idea. I'd read a little bit about it. Okay. No idea what to expect. We were kind of had a package deal, so to speak, because, you know, with the credit card that we have. And you can also go get a hotel room and sign up for some of these things individually. Like if you want to go to see a demonstration, you can, you know, and you happen to be in town, you can just pay the money and show up. But we didn't have to do any of that. It was all kind of an included package thing. So we get there Thursday. Flight was a little delayed, but we get there. I'm thinking, okay, I've, I've checked online. Uh, the hotel is pretty close to the airport. Uh, it's probably a $30 cab ride. I walk out, there's a sign <laughs> that says, came in cookout. And I'm like, oh, Maybe the credit card people have hooked us up with transportation. Sure did. Hooked us up with transportation, right? So that's nice. Nice little thing. You don't know. I didn't know about that. Get to the hotel. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. OG. Nice to see you. Thank you for coming. We've got it from here. Why don't you go have a drink in the lounge? I like drinks in the lounge. Sure thing. So we go in the lounge thing and, you know, there's other, you know, people there too. And we're having a cocktail and this is our signature cocktail for today. So here you go. It's this, you know, I can't even, I can't even make up the stuff that they put in there, but it's like 
all these alcohols in his class. You know, it's like, here's our signature cocktail for today. Mike, for today, they're like, oh, yeah, there's there's a new one every day. Actually, there was probably about six of them every day. So then they give us our hotel keys and let us walk you to it's all, you know, top notch. So then we have this cocktail hour that starts at five o'clock. So throw on some nice clothes, go down to the beach. Here's a cocktail hour. I saw pictures of this. Oh, I'm like, oh, hello. That is Eric Rippert. And oh, wow, that's Davide Kren. And oh, hey, that's Emerald. And hey, that's Jose Andres. And oh my goodness, that is this guy and that gal. And like all these people that you have seen, if you're a little bit of a foodie, you know, and watch Chef's Table and stuff like that, you're like, I recognize that person. My stomach, so have- my stomach, by the way, just, just roared. You know, and they're just walking around just, you know, hey, how's it going? They're like, can I take a picture? Oh, yeah, sure. You know, so then here come the appetizers. So the first appetizer, grilled octopus. Never had octopus before, but I'm like, uh, one in Rome, right? Amazing. Everything is like that. It's like, oh, would you like this? It's a caviar infused da 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 da. And you're like, uh, uh, what's that? They're like, but it's, it's really good caviar. It's like, is there bad? A bear? <laughs> Maybe there is. I'm not sure. So the cocktail hour, then we have this big fancy dinner that night. You know, it's six, six courses with paired wines at each one and five-star restaurant service. It's just amazing. We get up the next day. It's the opening, kind of opening ceremony, so to speak, with Jose Andres. And he appears every year differently. So one year he jumped out of a helicopter. One year he scuba dived in. Because it's, it's like literally on the beach. There's like a big tent. and the waves are right there, and you're sitting there in this tent with all these people. Looked like a few and, hundred people. Was it maybe 200 people? Give us a feeling of how yeah, many. maybe. Maybe 200 people. Yeah. The deal that we had with our credit card was 80 families, okay. 80 couples. Okay. And so that was kind of the package deal, and then other people could, could pay for each thing. Anyway, Jose Andres uh, showed up in a yellow submarine. <laughs> coming from the ocean and then here comes a submarine up on this like one of these things that has like an all-terrain vehicle underneath it you know yeah. so you can ride on the bottom of the ocean and then it kind of just drives up on the shore and then he proceeds to over the next hour just make he and his staff make this amazing paella that's in a pot that is probably if you and i stood arm in arm and stretched out our arms. That's how big the circumference of these, these, these two major pots were. And he's walking through how he's making each one of these things. And you're watching him make it. Yeah, he didn't really do anything. He just kind of told everybody what he what they were doing. It starts out, you can tell this is how the this is how the day's gonna go. Okay, or the whole weekend. It starts out, he says, Okay, you know, everybody's got a little accent. And he says, Okay, this is how we're gonna this is how you make paella. So the first thing is, and he takes it, unscrews a can of caviar. And he takes out a spoon. He goes, the first thing is you take a scoop of caviar. And I'm looking at my wife going, I don't know that caviar is in paella. He goes, and then you eat caviar. And then you have, <laughs> you have to wash it down with some vodka. And so he takes a shot of vodka. He goes, and then you just think about the paella you're going to make. <laughs> and then step two is you take another scoop of caviar and now, it's very important. This is the important step. You have to wash it down with a shot of vodka also. Oh. You know. And then he's talking about how to make... Uh, do we have mojitos? I can't even remember. Uh, oh, no. Sangria. So he's making this sangria on this, on, this, on this main stage thing here. And it's like, 
yeah, you know, you got to put a little champagne in there. Glug, 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 glug. And that's a whole bottle of champagne. And some vodka. Glug, 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 glug. And this is the important part. Another scoop of caviar. <laughs> just it, 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 that kind of should have told you exactly how the week at, or the week was going to go. So it was that it was hour long demonstrations with a little break in between all day Friday. Did Every it make chef you, had two or three dishes that they were preparing? Did it make you more excited about preparing stuff yourself, like cooking yourself? Well, yes, kind of, sort of. But I'll tell you the biggest takeaway for me. Mrs. OG was asking about this. Hey, what did you like the most? And the food was magnificent. Every meal, we had caviar and champagne. Every meal. If you told me that they went through a billion gallons of champagne, I would not be surprised. There was an evening party that started at 10 o'clock at night. We left at midnight and it was still going on. That as fast as they could open, six bartenders at two bars, as fast as they could open bottles of champagne, were as fast as they were using them. Wow. I mean, just... For, for hours, just open a bottle, pour out the glasses. Open a bottle, pour out the glasses. Open a bottle, pour out the glasses. Just as much as they could do. We had one event where they sabered a, I think it was a nine liter champagne bottle. Oh, wow. I mean, it was like a keg of champagne. The guy's, you know, he's got, it's in a box. It's, he's got to hold, the, the box has to be on the table because he can't hold it. It's so big. But the thing that impressed me the most was how... And it's hard to really put into words how, how, how crazy these guys and gals were about their craft. You know, like, like how specifically in love with what they did they were. And, you know, Emeril was, we did a demonstration with Emeril and he was making um, Badan's Foster and he made something else. I can't remember. But just, I mean, and Emerald's a personality, you know what I mean? Like, bam, and that sort of thing. But he didn't really have that TV personality when he was on stage. Like, he was in love with what he was doing in that moment. And the care and the, you know, and the precision that they have with all of these, like, little, little intricate details of their work was really, really, really on demonstration and on display because, you know, the food was fantastic. Yeah. I've never had raw i don't like sushi but when dominique kren says here is the salmon and this is what you're going to eat today and no we didn't cook it and it's topped with caviar you just go okay well she says to eat it you know you're going to eat it and that was probably the biggest lesson was not so much the food which was beyond fantastic and the drinks which was you know i have to have like salad for a month and water to, to like detox, but really just the the precision and the love for the work that they did was just yeah. We're gonna we're gonna actually on Friday we got the guys from Millionaires Unveiled podcast on, and uh, because you know the Super Bowl coming up this week also reminds me of this. Mm-hmm. Last weekend watching the championships, uh, yeah. and, <laughs> and 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 watching these people that are at the top of their game, and you saw it with cooking. We're seeing it yeah. in football. Like it doesn't matter to me whether it's a sport or profession. Just watching these people that have gone to the top of their craft and all watching it at work, and and the fact that they make this stuff that's so hard look so easy, um, right? It just just is is well, a, like how much of a kid they still are. You know, agree or disagree with the Patriots winning. <laughs> by the way, uh, talking about football. But when they scored that touchdown, I didn't watch much of the game because we were gone. But 
when they scored the final touchdown and Tom Brady rips his helmet off and he's piling on everybody and high fiving and smile ear to ear. Like he's done this every year for the last decade and it's still to him. Well, and a lot of lessons I've been reading, a a lot of lessons I've been reading about that, about being in the moment, about not letting these other, you know, events in your life uh, attack the moment. Cause I think so many people forget that you got to be present right now to make that moment. Like, you know, there's so many things that Brady could have worried about then or that, you know, any of these chefs could be worrying about or thinking about. But being right there and present with your craft is just it's a powerful thing that is sounds easy. But I don't know. Listening, we already talked about this, but that uh, LeBron James interview I listened Mm -hmm. to about just commitment to the process and the number right. of hours that made it that Tom Brady could do that or the Emerald could do that in front of you. Like that was hours and hours and hours and hours of being able to do that in front of people. It wasn't something he just doesn't get up and go, okay, I'm going to cook some stuff in front of some people. Well, there's definitely a lot of showmanship for a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, sure. the demonstrations, which was, which is great too. You know, obviously the audience appreciates that. And you know, frankly, some of this stuff is like stuff you're not going to cook. I mean, you know, they're going, they're, they're showing you how to saute lionfish, yeah, you know, not going to happen. I'm, it's, I don't, I don't even know where you get lionfish apparently out in the ocean because they were talking about how they just got that one the other day type of thing. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very, very, very impressive. I highly recommend that trip if you can pull the time and, and, you know, it's a little bit of money, of course, but just a really, really, really everything top-notch experience so so our relationship was with chase and that's how we got how we got invited to this thing and and uh boy their whole their whole group next level next level experience well i wish you liked it i mean i feel bad that no i hated it and um such horrible talk. I unfortunately saw... i'm gonna be busy next january for five days oh no so, pretty sure I'm going to go back <laughs> from now on as long as I'll have it. Sounds like we got to have a company retreat there. <clears throat> the other thing that was really funny because we're talking to the guy who's putting it together, right? The host from JP Morgan and he's going through the itinerary and stuff and he says, okay, by this dinner, you know, he's talking about the second dinner. He says, by the second dinner, um, you're going to have a group of friends that you're going to be hanging out with already. And, you know, this is where you're going to do this. And this is how, you know, when we go do this boat trip, you're going to be with your friends and stuff like that. And my wife and I are much more interested in like just vacationing, right? You know, I don't need to have a real good friendship with the guy in the seat next to me. You know, we're both here to look at the ocean. I'm here to like watch cooking demonstrations. It wasn't by the second night. (laughs) We had two great friendships by the time we got done with a cocktail hour. I mean, it was just, it's Instagram official now, you know, like they've shared Instagrams. Well, there it is. So, you, so, you know, one BFF. couple down here in San Antonio, another couple out in Florida and, you know, just, uh, just great, great relationships, great friendships from that. We've all decided we're coming back, you know? So it's like one of those things where you go, Oh, I've, I've not known you my entire life, but I feel like I've known you my entire life. And this is right. Th- th- this is my people. <laughs> you know, shipping and caviar every day. But I do have a question for any chefs that are out there. If you're a chef and you're listening to the podcast and you make all this foo-foo fancy food, do you ever just want a cheeseburger? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, you just go, I want a cheeseburger, fries, and a Miller Lite. Because <laughs> I get the, I, I, okay, I get lobster with caviar and seaweed and oyster sauce with, and fresh ground, you know, fresh truffles. That sounds amazing. But do you ever just Maybe make a that order. you ever just make a like tuna fish sandwich on Wonder yeah, Bread? Grilled cheese. <laughs> grilled exactly. cheese on How about like a grilled cheese with Campbell's tomato soup? Or does do you have to take your tomatoes out of the garden two days ago, sit them in some oil for a day in your fridge, and then turn it into homemade soup? Can you just crack a can? I don't know. Great time. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.